and hello to everybody out there in radio slash podcast land. This is Matt from the Rub Wrestling Podcast with Chris and Josh. And we are at episode, Chris, fill me in. What number are we? 23, 24, 37? 23. Number 23. We're the Michael Jordan of podcasts. That's what we're going to keep it as right now. Run it down. Josh has given us some scissor signs in the thing, so scissor me timbers. Let's get this running. And basically, if you do have us, you can reach us at for uh, for for anything that you do need for any of our podcasts. Follow, like, subscribe. Find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Find us anywhere. There's a podcast, YouTube, Google Play. We got metrics that we look at. YouTube's doing pretty good from what we've been hearing. So wherever you find us, just give us a like if you want to hear all of your uh, wrestling rumors and needs. So. This week we're going to be talking about mostly the storylines and the uh, the matches that are going to be going into Full Gear 2023. I don't know where the venue is, but I do know it is on Saturday night. And uh, we were, uh, we're doing the podcast one day early here, boys. Now, talking about a couple things. Chris, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, how I was watching Uncle Buck because I have a vacation going on right now. And, you know, and I love it when Buck goes to meet the little girl's teacher and she's got that big wart on her face. And he's like, hey, Buck Melanoma, nice to meet you, yada, yada, yada. So my question <laughs> to you ends up being, what's your favorite John Candy movie? God rest his blessed soul. But what would be your favorite John Candy movie? It's Uncle Buck, hands down for me. Okay. Um, shoot. Maybe Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's a good one as well. I think, yeah. I dated a girl one time who said that her uh, her favorite was The Great Outdoors, and I basically dumped her ass three days later because that's a stupid answer. Um, other than that, we're <laughs> going to go with Josh. Josh, we'll go with somebody. I, I know you've watched your fair share of John Candy movies, but I'm going to go with a little different route for you. What's your favorite Chris Farley movie? Because I'm going to watch some of those tonight. I'm going with Tommy Boy tonight is what I'm going to watch. Who shot the couch? <laughs> who shot it? <laughs> <laughs> Who shot the couch? And, uh, yeah, Tommy Boy. I I think, uh, and for my John Candy, it might be Cool Runnings. Oh, John Candy wasn't Cool Runnings. Holy shit! Totally forgot about that. It was. Hey Senka, you dead man? Nah. Man. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, good good kickoff with some of the movies. But uh, you know, all movies have storylines. Going in with uh, AEW, going into full gear, we're going to talk about some of the storylines. Uh, we came up with a list that we think will be really good. We're going to kick it off with a really good one, which will probably lead into our last topic as well. It's going to kind of be start in the beginning, end up at the end. But you know what? We've talked about the past few weeks, and it keeps changing. We originally thought Edge was the devil behind the mask. We're seeing a lot of different things that are kind of happening here with this whole situation. And, um, you know, obviously going into last week where we saw the acclaimed get attacked and uh, basically thrown through, I think Bowens was thrown through a window. Um, we saw about six guys that were there. Now, they've they've kind of asked, and apparently behind the scenes they know who the devil is. A lot of the talent already knows who it is, but it is this big secret. And apparently one of the rumors that we're hearing is that those guys that, that were all there, those four to six guys that were around, are actually part of whatever's going to be coming out on Saturday night, if it comes out on Saturday night. Fingers crossed, we're all hoping. But the question ends up being, really, who is it? We don't know who it is. We've said at one point we thought it was Edge. We're saying it's all this. Now, we're seeing like there's six, seven different guys. Chris, 
Who like who do you think is the front runner at this point? If you were to give two names who you think it is, I want to hear your reasoning why you think it's them. Because we're hearing Punk, we're hearing Britt Baker, we're hearing Adam Cole, we're hearing Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> we're hearing Matt Riddle, we're hearing Tony Khan himself. The only person I haven't heard is Jesus. So, Chris, who who did it? Who's behind the mask? Uh, like who killed Jr. Well, or like Josh, who shot the couch? That, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's 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 an interesting part of. It's the best thing AEW's got going, and possibly the best thing around right now, to be honest. But um, I don't know. Like, it, it can't be Joe just because of like obviously it's not Joe. Like you have to have you have to somewhat be. You know, somewhat keep the continuity, so it's not going to be him in that suit. Um, Cole, if yeah, Cole would be a good one to set up to to be a way to set up. Okay, so one of them is going to be Cole uh, because I think it sets up kind of a feud. It it sets up a good feud between those two best friends. Yep. Um, and imagining wasn't wasn't injured and he just shows up, that would be cool. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, otherwise. Can't be Ziggler has no has no competes going through December, or to December. Um, yeah, I don't. You know what? I don't. I don't actually. Maybe Orange Cassidy. I'm gonna say Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Orange Cassidy has an as an outshot who also has a match against John Moxley, which would be kind of unique. But Josh, we're seeing six guys here that are coming out. Um, there's a couple people that uh, I, I've kind of noticed that really haven't been on TV, and somebody that kind of really comes into, I'll, I'll bring up what you, who I think it m- can potentially be, which will be kind of an outside shot, but do you think that this is really a chance on CM Punk? And if it isn't, who do you actually think it's going to be here? I know that we say he shall not be named, but he's actually a legit front runner at this point to be behind the mask for a lot of people. I mean, I have heard that. I heard that it's for sure not going to be him as well. So, like, I mean, I think there's two sides that are happening. I heard that Britt Baker, it's definitely not her as well. Um, so, I mean, I like that it's really... I have no clue who it could be. I still think it's MJF. I think that there's a chance. I I mean, I would, I would love to see it... Not to say love to see it being punk, but I would, like... It would be good to to have the wool pulled over our eyes. Like I think that that would be fun to happen, but I don't think that there's a chance in hell that that's going to be the case. I was actually laughing because when Chris said Orange Cassidy, I was like, you know what? I'm like Dark Horse Orange Cassidy. It could have been just because like <laughs> if it's actually the guys, if it's actually the guys who are in like if they're not just using stand-ins, like you look at the body and you're like for sure it can't be Joe because he wasn't huge, right? Like and so like I mean. If they're using stand-ins, it can be anybody. That's kind of what I'm hoping, you know, you can believe in. But, like, maybe Don Callis. Like, let's be honest. I, like, actually, it could I be, actually thought he's it was, running a stable I like that. I thought it was him, too. I actually, at one point, like, when I was watching it, I said, I wonder if it was Don Callis. That would be really interesting. But that makes, so it I, makes sense. Yeah, it's hard because I just, like, do the numbers. Like, what do the numbers mean? Do they mean anything? I still feel like... Um, Daniel Garcia was one of the guys in the in there. So, like, you know, maybe it's Jericho. Who knows? I don't know. If you feel like there's so many people involved in this story, why not throw in, like, everybody else in the whole back? Like, it could be Rikishi. <laughs> I think we said that on a previous cast, too, that Rikishi was the driver. He did it. But I think... Yeah, so, I mean, I guess my top would be Cole probably still. I still feel like it's Cole. 
Yeah, I, 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 I'd have to, to kind of second that. I think Cole's the front runner. We're hearing a lot of stories as well about, you know, like with six guys, when it's easy to put together six guys when you take the OG Kingdom, you add Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. That makes seven when you look at that, when you're kind of adding Cole in there, right? So if there's six and the devil, that makes your seven. And I think that, that, that probably looks like the leadoff. But there's one person on TV that is kind of a really dark horse that we haven't seen in close to six weeks or while the storyline has gone on and um you know it's like obviously we talk about you know jack perry potentially being one he's also been thrown around but you know who hasn't been on tv that's been a shock sammy Guevara, and that's something that is kind of really weird when you're kind of thinking i i don't think i think it would be either they would either fans would accept that as a really big thing or they would accept it as a letdown. Like to me, giving it to Don Callis is, is a letdown. Like to me, if it ends up being Tony Khan, it would be, I think that would be cool, but it would still be, <laughs> it would still be a letdown because it's not somebody really massively big. And I think what they're looking for is something new here. And I think that's what fans are really doing. And I, I don't think you go into one of these and kind of do what McMahon did to everybody those years ago. And, and say, it's me, Austin, I did it all along. Like, because it was kind of a letdown when it happened. It was funny for the first five minutes, and you're kind of like, yeah, they could have did something different there, right? Or ran in a different direction with it. So, yeah, I, I still honestly believe that Adam Cole is the front runner. He's the guy that we don't know about his foot injury. We don't know really anything. He doesn't have to wrestle. He's just got to show up. So you don't have to do anything. But there's also an outside chance that, from what other people are saying, is that maybe... There's a scenario here where it could be David Finley from the Bullet Club, and that's actually the OG Bullet Club coming back to get back at Jay White. And so when you're looking at that, it, that's kind of also kind of a real long shot when you look at it. And, and to be honest, how many fans outside of AEW are going to know who David Finley is? Other than the run that him and Juice had in, in Impact, you know, or now TNA Wrestling, but it was Impact back then. I mean, it wasn't even really a massive run that they had, right? So it's uh, it's going to be a really tough call, and it's it's really going to really tie into us at the end of the show because we are going to talk about MJF, uh, MJF and Jay White for the AW Triple uh, B and for the World Heavyweight Championship um, at the end of the show and uh, basically the lead into that. So that'll be pretty unique. So other than that, um, you know, from what we've been talking about storyline wise, Tony Khan has been mentioning that there's been a massive signing. One of the best, you know, wrestlers in the world have recently come out and just signed with AEW and it's going to be announced at full gear. Now that's something else. Chris, do you think that this is going to be a, like Will Ospreay finally signing? Cause we have seen him on impact. We know that he is in North America. And, um, when you think of top draw wrestlers in the world, um, and probably going through, he could be one, right? Absolutely. Um, and now that I think of it, what if Tony signed him the whole time and he's the devil? What if he knew, you know, what if he was already there? I didn't, I didn't think of that until just now, but uh, I don't know. Do you, if you're going to bring Will Osprey in, do you want to, I guess you could kind of throw him into to have his signing. And then all of a sudden it's, it's kind of WCW, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at it if, uh, you know, he's signed and he's the devil at the end. Josh, then think, that would set yeah. up him and him. Oh, for sure. No, absolutely. I like. Sorry to cut you off there, Chris. I thought and you were, so, were finished. Yeah, but uh, just like uh, if if somebody's gonna get a shot to the moon, like the first time they step in the ring, he's a guy. Like he's a guy that can get it right. He can come in right away and, and challenge for the belt. So, makes sense. Well, Josh would probably say Cameron Grimes to the moon, <laughs> but uh, 
Josh, it's probably a really good chance that it's Osprey. If it's not Osprey, who 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 do you think could actually fill the spot that would actually make it worthwhile? That that would be coming in from let's say uh, WWE or an indie promotion that would uh, would kind of come through or New Japan. Do you think it's anybody else other than Will Osprey at this point? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be Will Osprey. I think it's going to be Mercedes Monet. Wow, that's actually a good thought too. Oh. I've never thought of that. <laughs> and she's they the said devil. wrestler, right? Like it's like you know maybe they're and not to say that they wouldn't say a wrestler if it was a man, but like I think like they're going to announce a really big signing. I thought that Will Osprey had a little bit more time on his contract, so I, that's why I don't think it's going to be him quite yet. So I think that like we know that Mercedes Monet isn't tied down. I don't think she's tied down. She was just injured, right? So maybe that's what's happened. Is her injury is now over. Um, I, I also wanted to say that I thought, I think that with Sammy Guevara, I think he's hurt. I think that's why we haven't seen him for a while, because didn't he have a concussion recently? He does, yeah. And then Jack Perry, though, I really like that. That's a hot take, because that's I a think good idea. that like, we haven't heard, they've never really talked about what his punishment was for the all-in like thing, right? Like they, He got suspended, but we haven't really heard anything about him. Like Tony's been pretty transparent with everything else, so maybe... Maybe it's all a work. It's all a work. Even even the the even Punk's uh, suspension. It's all a work. I would love for that to happen. The thing that not because Punk would be bad. Oh, for sure. Because it'd be fun. The thing that throws me off for Punk's scenario is actually like how like the talks with the WWE, <coughs> and that's really kind of thrown me off. And I know that we're trying to figure out who signed and and all this stuff, and it's kind of we're kind of going back to the first topic, which is completely fine. Um, I like Mercedes Monet as a take. I think it's actually it would be an instrumental signing for them to say that they're actually going to be around in the women's division, and I think that's really uh, somebody that can run the ball for a few months and and really get the best out of the roster and help improve. Because I think some of the stuff we don't see behind the scenes is a lot of the stuff, the techniques that other wrestlers can show other wrestlers. Um, and go through in the women's division is pretty strong in the WWE and also in Japan and. Um, you know, with WWE signings and really them doing the pickings out of, you know, Asia, especially like I heard WWE is looking at bringing in Julia, which is somebody that I thought would be an instrumental signing for anybody. I thought that would have been one of the best signings for AEW. Um, and the return of Kyrie Sane is another one as well. You know, like we're just looking at a whole bunch of different varieties here and, and some really, really strong wrestlers that are coming out of stardom that are making their mark in North America, you know, and the challenge there is obviously, you know, kind of the uh, breaking the English barrier a little bit to like be able to do the promos in WWE, but in AEW, you don't necessarily have to do that, which is why I'm surprised Tony hasn't been pressing more to go get those people. But the reason I like Sammy Guevara and the reason I like, um, uh, you know, when you think about Jack Perry as well, is that it'd be really interesting to see if MJF, if MJF was kind of pulling the reins and, and what they're going to do with these so-called pillars, because... We've been hearing for the last five years about the pillars of AEW, and there's really been, like, one, one and a half that have really taken off. And I'd say I'd give Darby his due for some of it, but, you know, Sammy, even as the TNT champion, really hasn't been a massive ratings draw. I think Jack Perry, you know, has had his moments as a tag team champion, but it'd be really nice to kind of align these guys to try and get them into a main event motion. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Like, is that is that an importance if it is somebody like Jack Perry to really get those pillars starting to build up to that main event scene? Well, I think I think we kind of saw it already when they tried with uh, they had the four way match, right, with most of the yeah. the pillars. Uh, I just don't think, yeah, Sammy Sammy does it 
Sammy does it when he when he debuts or when he comes back or 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 something. He doesn't do it long term. I find like he can he can stay hot for a bit when he comes back. Everybody cheers him when he's having a baby. Everybody cheered him when he first started the card thing, and then he kind of just gets uh, to me. He gets a little flat after after like a uh, after two months a two month feud. He kind of gets a little flat for me. Uh, Jack Perry would be would would be a good choice if you ask me as well uh we haven't seen him in a while so it's a surprise um always kind of it's always kind of not a letdown but when it's somebody who's like already within the organization it's kind of you know it's it's a little less than if it was a a brand new free agent or something but but yeah i'd be happy with that and uh if you know if they want to give them another chance they're still mostly pretty young so there's still time so they want to try it again uh, I wouldn't wouldn't be upset. I mean, I, even if it's like not great, I, I I do like to see that they're trying. Like they're trying something. They're not giving up on people. And you call them pillars. You can't just be like WWE and then the next month it's like, oh, you're released. So like so, <laughs> top, top, so, top of the you, table they, to dog shit, basically. Yeah. So you need you need to make those words count for something, and people people notice that. So so yeah, I think. Uh, I think we could we could try it again. I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. it's it's totally interesting when you really think about it because I think like Chris, I think you mentioned earlier, it's like one of those things that we're really not 100% sure as as, you know, panelists and and for what we do as a podcast and it kind of really opens up some really good discussions. Um, you know, so when you're kind of looking at that, I think that's really um, where we're kind of leaning towards for for the stuff that we have to go. Is anybody have anything else that they want to like Josh? Anything else you want to add to this topic for this? You think that's important? Could it be somebody yeah. that's out of left field too? I, I mean, yeah, it, it could be anybody pretty much. I think that it would be interesting if what hap- what's happening with Jack Perry is kind of like what happened with MJF, where. He's actually like he's out, but they're like encouraging to put on some muscle because like imagine he comes back and he put on twenty pounds of muscle. Oh my god, get and, out of my head, you know, man! Like, I was just thinking the same thing, like and fucking... I was going to ask you that, and I forgot the question. <laughs> so true. I think that like you know that's a chance, right? Because he's been suspended a long time for something that like they fired CM Punk over, and maybe it's maybe it is all the work. I don't know. Like that would be kind of cool. I I kind of I think that. He he is a really good in-ring worker. He needs to improve on the mic. And if he got a little bit bigger, then he could go, like, he could take the company on next year if he works on the mic stuff, too. So He's been out for over 80 days. Like, last 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 topic for him was basically Wembley at All In, right? So, um, yeah, that's more than enough time if you're, uh, you know, getting into the gym, doing the stuff to kind of get that 20 pounds of muscle, if that's the case. Uh, even if he was just a speaker on the forefront, I think he would be all right if he has the group behind him. I think I think whatever we're going to find out, they're going to be a group of killers. And, you know, if it, if if they do bring in the kingdom and Roddy, I hope Roddy really drops the neck thing um, and really just kind of goes back that it's kind of like all this setup. I think that's like really, really important to, to get to that point for that. Um, so with that being said, um, we're going to move kind of our last storyline, um, which is just basically, fuck you, Josh, um, which is just basically <laughs> going to talk about, um, kind of the storyline with Tony Storm going in with, um, you know, I think Hikaru Shida, um, for the title at full gear and, and just Tony Storm's, um, you know, full presence that she has with this black and white character. And uh, this this starlet character, and now there's a new character that's been introduced in another wrestler. 
Um, Chris, what are your overall thoughts about this this performance? Uh, basically, that she gets to do on a weekly basis. It's it's so good. It's been my it's been my favorite work from Tony Tony Storm by far so far. Um, I think I don't know. I think they sometimes you know you try to make somebody play a character and it's they're playing the best they can and it's okay and then all of a sudden you just give them some wild idea and they take it and they just just run with it maybe not being a fan at first and then all of a sudden they fall in love with the role but uh i like it i like that that luther was brought in somehow like he that was a nice (laughs) surprise for me the only thing that bummed me out is i don't know if it's like this uh but they were mostly talkies, and I think they did this because the first time they did the picture in picture, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a talkie. Like it wasn't a silent film. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, wh- why did they do that? Because like we can't hear. And then I think from then on, like later on, they started doing like the the old fashioned talkies with the with the cue cards. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's another one of my another one of my favorite things. I mean, Hikaru Shida. I, I don't even know why they put the belt on her. I mean, she doesn't to to me to me it doesn't doesn't do it for me. It's it's just uh, even when she wins the title, it's like okay, like well, a title change at least that's interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind crazy old crazy old Stormy going to going to get a title and carrying it for a little bit in this character. Yeah, you know it's it's so interesting to see what they saw, especially in regards to like the Clementine and somebody paid I think what three hundred dollars for the Clementine that she pulled out of her shorts or whatever it was, like when she was laying on the the announce table. Like it's just it's just there's so many little things in this character that are so unique when you look at it. The adding of like a deathmatch legend in Doctor Luther as a butler, and then this other wrestler that she used to wrestle with i'm trying to get the name but i think her name is mariah something and uh you know she's she's a great wrestler like especially on the indies when you're kind of looking at her performance um so i think (coughs) sorry a little parched here the addition of her coming in as like kind of like this this fan that's like obsessed with her is going to be kind of cool too but uh, the whole Starlet thing's been really good. Josh, what have you really thought? Have you, do you think that Tony Storm's performance as this black and white Starlet, this actress, this kind of Marilyn Monroe-esque actress, has been really, really good for 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 her career? I mean, I think it's it's definitely. I wasn't sure where it was going when it first started because it kind of came out of nowhere. Like she went from the whatever that group was. Was it the, Rad- the Radicals? I can't. Outcasts. Can't the outcast, sorry. Um, and then into this, and it was kind of like a, it was a drastic change and it happened almost immediately. So I wasn't sure, kind of similar to what Chris had thought. It was like, originally it kind of, for me, it kind of felt clunky with how they were like using her through the commercial. And I, it didn't seem like it fit. And then once, you know, you started paying attention to it more, it was, it's definitely interesting because I think that like one of the things that AEW does poorly is highlight it, it doesn't highlight its female wrestlers as well as it should. And so I think that like this gave a different avenue, especially with all that's going on with MJF, like for someone else to take a little bit more time. And I think Tony Storm is doing a great job. I, I enjoy the um, enjoy the, the talkies, enjoy the, the black and white. The addition of Luther's interesting and you know, the fangirl kind of thing. Um he, I agree with about Hikurashida. Like it didn't really make sense, but it, maybe she's just there because she's someone who can easily lose to Tony Storm. 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there because Tony Storm was like a you know a losing wrestler the last time we saw her. So, you know, they're gonna have to build her up again and keep her that way. So if they're gonna push her like this, so I, I I'm interested in it. There's gonna be some good feuds. Uh, I'm glad she's away from Soraya. It's not, uh, you know, I kind of feel bad for Ruby Soho because she's kind of been, you know, giving the rub to people lately, putting her eyes to the sky. So, uh, but I'm happy to see Tony Storm. I like her. Yeah, I think it's been a little bit of a difficult thing. I, I don't really uh, <coughs> kind of a, uh, the other thing I don't really agree with is just Sheeta having the belt. Like Sheeta just, I found other than her winning that first title that she had, when she went out and she was like the, what, the first AEW women's champion or whatever. This is more of like just a filler position because, you know what, I think, you know, you look at Dr. Britt Baker, she's been doing a lot of work with her dentistry. She's also been like kind of watching Cole at home, I guess. Um, you haven't seen her on, on TV a lot recently. Um, you know, Soraya isn't really on a full-time schedule. There's some other issues that are kind of coming up there. So I think she's a popular character for fans in the sense that, if she's going to hold the title, she's going to do a pretty good job of holding it while kind of making it still relevant. Where until you can kind of get that bigger name in there, that's really going to kind of hold it on. Like like you were mentioning Mercedes Monet as the signing. Like that would be unbelievable um, as a signing. And that would be somebody that you're going to run with that title for probably, you know, six months to a year if you're really going to go through it and do it right. So um, I think time's really going to tell. I really love this character. I, I, I didn't like it at first. I thought it was stupid. I it, it didn't really... The transition going from the outcast to what she did as like this crazy person wasn't really making a lot of sense to me. And then all of a sudden when she started wearing the kimonos and, you know, started doing the hair and everything was kind of coming up in the accent, then it started all kind of making sense. And so now that we kind of forget like her time in the outcast and we're looking at her just at her... I think it's a great character, and I think it's something that she could run with for a while. Like, um, is it something that would define the rest of your career? No. Like, I mean, you're going to have to be adaptable and figure out something that's going to come out later. But for right now, this is great to run with. You can run with this for a couple of years, and it'll still be a, great for the show, right? So, <coughs> I think other than that... Um, let's move into a couple of the matches. I know that we all kind of picked a match. Josh, let's start with you. Uh, we'll do you, um, myself, and then we'll go to Chris, um, for our Sinister Six topics that we, uh, like to talk about. But Josh, you, you wanted to highlight a match that's going to get ready for Saturday. Which match did you pick? And, uh, once we go through, I'll give a synopsis and we'll start asking some questions. Yeah, uh, I picked the, the Golden Jets versus the Young Bucks. Um, looking forward to this as uh, the feud is heating up. You know, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega's uh, friendship is improving and the Young Bucks are becoming jealous. And, uh, you know, there seems like there's a heel turn for the Young Bucks coming up, which seems pretty obvious. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to this match. Yeah, I think when you're kind of looking at, at this whole story, I mean, Kenny Omega got a pretty big win. Um, I can't remember who, who they were facing on, on Dynamite, if somebody can refresh my memory. But I just remember it was a big guy that he had up for the one winning angel. Did anybody remember? Oh, uh, shit. Uh, if not, I can start with the Young Bucks, but that's remember. fine. But um, somebody wants to pull that up. Anyways, you start with the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks fought on Dynamite as well. I think they fought Commander and Pentel Zero Miedo and... Um, that ended up being a really good match. The Bucks were fighting in front of their parents. Um, 
<clears throat> you know, basically ended up winning the match, uh, got through, and they're they're just kind of it was just kind of a filler match, like a, a warm up match to kind of get them ready for Saturday. Um, it was kind of the same idea with Jericho and Omega. Like, uh, you know what? Other than being in, actually, sorry, Josh, they were in the eight man tag. So when they were in the eight man tag, he did it to K- Brian Cage. Yeah, he did it. To, I think it was Cage. So <clears throat> when you kind of look at that match and the eight man tag that they had. Um, Kenny getting the win is really important here because he, he really hasn't won anything in like three months. So when he got that, he, he just kind of looked like the old Kenny Omega when you're kind of watching it. Um, lots of energy. Um, v triggers coming out the wazoo. I think I saw like three to five V triggers, and just but he was just you could tell that he was just full of energy from it. Jericho did a good job, um, kind of holding him in, and I think you know what I think that's what that's going to be for them as a tag team if they decide to stick together. I think the stip here is really good. So, Chris, we're talking about stipulations and what we went into, I think, last week. And I think this is a topic we've already talked about. But when you're looking at this stip, is this going to be a great stip? And can you agree with Josh and see that there might be a heel turn here for the Bucks? Or could there be a scenario here where the Elite breaks up altogether? Uh, I think <clears throat> I think even we saw with Bullet Club, I don't think... They'll break up all together, but I do think... I, I mean, Jericho has a lot of history with, with them in the Elite and in the Bullet Club, right? So it's not like he's just an outsider. Like, he, he's had plenty of the Bucks of Jericho or the 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 young... Or whatever, the, the Bucks of Jericho. Um, but so it's not like he's a stranger. So, yeah, I, I, the stipulation of them breaking up um, especially because it's it's fairly fresh, it's fairly young, and I think if they're building up momentum, um, they've wrestled each other. Maybe they want to do a little tag team run. Um, Tony seems like the guy who would probably let that happen. So um, I don't see them breaking up quite yet because I, I don't I don't really know where that would go. Like they would just go their separate ways, and we built this. So I think it's building up to something where yeah, we can see a Bucks heel turn and. And yeah, watching the old stuff, it was good because there was never, oh, are you out or are you in? It was still being in, but the infighting would be very, very uh, published to us. We'd be able to see everything that happens, right? They'd still like hang out, but then all of a sudden one would go go off and do their own thing all of a sudden, which is out of character. So yeah. I hope they bring some of that back and uh, and we and we see that for a little bit. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be it's a really interesting match, and I think all those guys together, especially with uh, the addition of Jericho and everything that you've had there, there's a lot of like histories and there's a lot of work history between them all. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's going to steal the show, but I don't think you could ever write off Kenny Omega or the Box or Chris Jericho from potentially doing that, right? Like I think in a lot of cases, um, when you look at this card, there's a couple couple matches that really could steal the show here, and. Um, you know, I think that's that's definitely one. I, I really love the step. I love the fact that there's something on the line for both teams here, and I think it's going to make for a, a lot of close falls. I don't think we're going to have a no finish here. I don't think we're going to have anything weird. There is going to be a victor in this match, and, and whatever's going to trigger from the stipulation is going to happen, and then we're going to see the fallout from that. So I don't think this is story's over by any means. I think it's just beginning, and I think that's going to be the interesting part of it. The question is, who are the outside, you know, factors that are also going to make this part of the storyline moving forward and that's going to be an interesting part of it as well when we kind of do that so <clears throat> i think other than that josh is there anything like any questions for you josh when you're kind of sitting there we're like trying to think of 
Like, where do you see this match going? Who do you think ends up winning this match? Do you think it's Jericho and Omega, or do you think the Bucks actually win it out and, and they kind of go through here? Yeah, no, I think it's going to be Omega and Jericho. I, I just I agree with Chris that, like, if you're going to have this build up to just then break them up at, like, the first chance, I, I guess I just feel like there's more momentum going the opposite direction, gets Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho out of, like, the singles picture, gets them in a title, you know, gets them enough attention, keeps them on TV consistently, putting in good matches, gives Chris Jericho uh, a tag partner who can, you know, help him get through matches a little bit more. Not that he needs it, but just, like, gives him a little bit less time in the ring, kind of like what, you know, Sting and Darby Allen are doing, so. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I, I, I could see it going, <coughs> honestly, either way. I think I'm, I'd probably lead toward where you guys are going with the outcome. But I, I think if basically, like, I, I like to look at the plan B, and I think if the Bucks do win and they separate, I think we are going to see Jericho and Jericho and Omega go at it again. And I think that's what will probably lead to if, they, if the Bucks do end up winning. Um, I'm kind of hoping, I kind of do want to see if Omega and Jericho will kind of make her out at the tag titles. I think it'd be pretty unique if they did. Um, and I think they're two, they're, they're both very high caliber to, to hold it. They're more than, um, capable of being able to run with those belts and, and make them go through. And especially with what we're going to see at full gear, um, with the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the four way for the tag titles, we're really going to see who's going to come out of that. And that's going to be interesting as well. So, um, is it going to be Big Bill and Starks? Is it going to be FTR? Is it going to be uh, the Faction Ingo, Ingo, Ingo Bernable? I always say it incorrectly. <clears throat> but, you know, like, who's it going to be? Like, what's going to happen out of that match is going to be really, really important. So, the match I wanted to go through that I think is going to be the match that steals the show um, is going to be the Texas Death Match with uh, Swerve and, I believe everybody's now calling him Hangman. Adam yes, Hang Hangman. Hangman Page. So um, just the, the whole storyline of this has just been nuts with Swerve breaking into basically, you know, uh, you know, Hangman's house and basically going in there and uh, trying to make Hangman's house Swerve's house. And, you know, you know, obviously, um, for those that don't know, Adam Page had a kid recently. They did a scene where basically Swerve was standing in the baby's room and basically put whatever that was there, left a T-shirt and basically screwed off and you know that's been the main consensus of this whole back and forth has now been that hey man you've now been in my house and now i'm pissed off so um <clears throat> chris i'm sure you were ecstatic with everything on on wednesday night when you got to see prince nana come out and do his dance um and then basically page beat the living shit out of him because there was a step in place where if either one of them touched each other on dynamite then they would have been suspended for the rest of 2023 um Promo was a little bit good in the sense that, you know, Paige went off, but you didn't really hear a lot from what Swerve had to say, which is which is fine. But I think based on what we saw in their first match and the capabilities and this being a death match, I think we're going to see something crazy here. And I think both of these guys, with their creativity on movesets, their, the way that they think about professional wrestling as a whole and the psychology in the ring, I think we're going to see something really, really special. Josh, what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, we talked about Swerve in the past. We've talked about Hangman Page in the past. Two high-caliber athletes. That, like, do they have the ability of stealing the show in this kind of step? Oh, yeah. I think this match is going to be great. Um, I, It's going to be really... I don't... I haven't... Not to say I haven't seen a lot of Texas death matches, but I you know a death match... Ooh. 
I think with these two guys, it, they're going to give us, you know, probably the best match of the night, um, just based on the rest of the lineup. Um, I did, I do see, like, I have been looking at like the betting odds, and it, they do have hang, Hangman, Hangman, in uh, <laughs> favored. But I actually would like to see Swerve Strickland win this one, um, because I'd like to see him get a push, a little bit, like more of a push, and like put him in the title picture eventually. And I think that, you know, Hangman can take the loss because of, uh, you know, some interference or whatnot. But uh, it's probably going to be Hangman that uh, wins this. So I think it's going to be great, some high-flying. Hopefully neither of them get seriously hurt because, you know, these matches or, like, when Tony has, you know, these crazy matches, it usually ends up with one person getting injured and being out for a little while. So hopefully that's not the case. But I think it's going to be a great match. Is this the... Second or third of their, like, will this close the book? No, this if... is going to be, uh, this is being set up as uh, the second one. So, personally, <coughs> what I'd really like to see is, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love to see the third one be for a title somewhere down the road. So, I, I would also kind of agree with you, Josh. I'd love to see Hangman win. But, you know, so, but that's where it would be. It's a, it's their second one if they go through. Because Swerve won the first I one. said I want, I want Swerve to oh, win. Oh, I heard, oh, sorry. I thought you said you wanted, hang, you think Hangman's going to win. No, I, I think Hangman's going to win, but I'd, li- I'd like to see Swerve Sorry, win. my. Did Swerve won the first yeah, one? Swerve won the first one. Yeah, okay, so maybe then, yeah, you're probably, I mean, it's probably going to be Hangman for that reason, because then it sets up the trilogy. But I still, I, I, I like Swerve. So, no, and, and I'd like and to see Hangman lose. So do I. I'd like to see Swerve take it down too. But I think for the longevity of it, and I want to see this feud go on a while, I think it's better if Hangman does win this one. Now, Chris, I'm going to come over to your house right now. I'm going to drink your milkshake. I drink it up because I just want you to think, is there going to be blood? Because there will be blood on Saturday in this match. Yes or no? Oh, there's, yeah, there certainly will be. There absolutely. Like we know, we know blood will be spilled. Especially during this one, um, but the like the the buildup's been good, and and we got uh, got the closest thing to Brian Pillman pulling out a gun in Steve Austin's house than we've seen in a long time, and uh, so so it's uh, it's been a good buildup. I think I think um, like I said, kind of some, sometimes things stick, and I think they kind of just said, okay, we have we have Hangman and we have we have swerve and they're both just sitting here and we have nothing to do with them let's just let's just put it together let's see what happens and then now it ends up they're they're working well together i agree with josh totally where this this probably be match of the night with those two in the ring doing what they do and uh yeah whatever they do um it would like it would be good to see them finish off the trilogy with a title um is that going to happen in the next little while i don't think so but what if one goes off and wins the title and then, you know, they, they bring it back and freshen it up. You never know. But uh, I think that would be a perfect way to, to finish it off because they've, they've devoted some time to this. This has been going for a while. This is a second pay-per-view. So uh, there's, there's got to be a payoff. Is it going to be tomorrow? I don't, I don't know. I think, we, I think it's an easy setup for a trilogy. Yeah. I think if you finish it off and you look at a different version of this, maybe it's not for a world title. I think, like, what we really need to see here is, like, this is a perfect spot for what we were kind of talking about last week about, like, a TV title or something like that where there's something on the line here that's, like, it. it I love this feud because it's personal. 
And that's what makes it so kind of cool. And like, so kind of doing what they're doing and, you know, Hangman talking about, you know, Swerve's wife and kids in the, in the promo on Wednesday night and just kind of really going off and really just making this whole thing super personal. <clears throat> if the third's for a title, why not try to ele- elevate the TNT championship right now? Like, who is the TNT championship right now? Like, why? I, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but who has that belt right now? I'm drawing a blank as well. Oh, because, so that's my whole point right now. Isn't it Christian? Yeah. Oh, it is Christian. So that's a huge story. It is. A, that's no, like no, one of the biggest no, no, stories. It is a big story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, but to, to kind of look at a lot of the cases, we kind of even forgot about it. It's not on the top of our minds, right? Like, so that's kind of what it is. Like, we're kind of looking at, like, that TNT title is now lost in a shuffle of an eight-man tag, right? So uh, when you're running four pay-per-views a year and you're really trying to get a belt over, like, you can even argue at this point that the international championship has more value than the TNT championship because it's defended all the time. And that's, like, it, it's the it's the value of what that belt brings and the meaning of it and the matches to it that really enhance it, right? It's, like, why everybody loves the Intercontinental Championship. It's because there's so many great people that have had it that the, the history of that belt is unbelievable. You're creating history with your second highest belt, but nobody can remember who really won it. So, and it's not that Christian. So what you're saying is AEW needs more title belts. No, I'm saying that they need to make their, they need to make the value. They need to get rid of the FTW championship. They need to defend kind of what we said the other week about the ROH being on ROH. But the whole point is you have to make the value rating of that belt more worthwhile. And it doesn't do any justice sitting on a guy's shoulder when he's in an eight man tag and it's not being defended on a, on a, on a pay-per-view in my opinion. So, oh yeah, I don't disagree. I, I I think that it's just that there's every there's only two matches that aren't title matches in the pay per view so right. far. So no, for sure, and I totally agree. I that, totally but, agree with what you're saying. But you look at the person who least needs a belt on that card is Christian, right? right. So like, give it up, and then that's what's gonna make like. So Chris, you kind of said it. It's like, well, we got a, we got Paige here, we got Swerve here. Let's throw them together. I, I don't think that that's the case. I really think that this is the ability to take Paige's top-name talent to build Swerve up to get up there. And you have this chance to do it, but there's nothing that, like, it has to be personal. There's no other way for them to kind of get that credibility. So, I don't know. I'm not saying it has to be a title match. Like, I love bitter feuds, and I think they're great. People remember them. Like, we all, we, we all, we're all going to remember Pillman and Austin. Like, and again, why do we mm. remember it? Because we remember the gun, right? So, and you know what, like, and, uh, you know, if you've watched NXT, like Pillman's son, Lexus King is definitely not Brian Pillman. So just saying, (laughs) I think, I don't, I don't think I meant like they're, they're just putting them together. I think they both knew like they had nothing to do and, and yes. So, so I, yeah, it's, it's a great idea to put Swerve with Hangman. I guess that's kind of what I meant to say as well is that, yeah, it, it brings them up and that's like. You don't know what you want to do, but you have all this talent with this guy. You're right. I guess, yeah, put it, put it, yeah, exactly. And that, so, yeah, th- thanks for clearing that no, up. No, for me. sure. And I think that's, like, that's really important that it's not about, like, so I think Kenny Omega wrote something today. He was talking about the fans getting the payoff that they want. I get it. I like when the WWE doesn't give the fans exactly what they want, but they still give it to them. It's kind of like the, the, the Brian Danielson thing or the Daniel Bryan thing for two years where he basically chased the title, right? But I think at the end of it, we can't give 
you can't give the fans everything they want because you have to make sure that they want something more out of it. Like there has to be a meaning behind it. And I think when you look at some of these, some like, I'm trying to think like if I, if you were to look at the card and there's a couple things that you're looking at here, like even look at something like, you know, the, the TBS uh, championship match, you have Chris Stantlander, Hart and sky blue. Like what's the point of that match? Like, What's the point? Is it like, why are we having it? Is it to get Sky Blue or Julia Hart over? Because I can't see them beating Statlander on, on Saturday night. So to me, that's almost a waste. There's no drawback to that. Josh, what do you think? Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> uh, I, no, I mean, I think it's just, again, classic uh, women's booking where they need to get as many women on the card as possible. And so they need to have a trios, or they need to have a three-way, they need to have a four-way, or for, they need to have, you know... A, a quad tag match uh, just to get as many on the on the card as possible. It's just like, I, I don't know, they, they haven't really been building this story up. And, like, you think the, like, Chris Statlander, the, the TBS championship's supposed to be at the same level as the women's championship. At least that's how it was booked, especially when uh, Jade Cargill had it. And so, like, to book it like it's an afterthought, it's annoying because... It's your major champion. You created this, and I feel like they're just not doing a good job of booking it. But I, I, I've been impressed with Julia Hart, and uh, like we said yesterday or yeah, before the the pod, we we're talking about Sky Blue, and she did throw a move in there that was very impressive. I wish they put a name on it, maybe make it a finisher, a transition move that she does consistently. It, if they take if uh, Red Velvet took it like that, and everybody else could take it like that, I think that you know, that's pretty good. But yeah, yeah, you know, and it kind of comes down to that. I think, like, if you look at anything in that storyline, it really hasn't been about <laughs> Statlander at all. It's really been, like, what happened before with Sky Blue where Julia Hart did the spin on her. Now Sky Blue's trying to do this heel turn and then basically did this tweener pull where she kind of spit in the face of Julia Hart. And then it's kind of, it's it's like, it's really about them. It's not about, like, so why even have Statlander in it at all? Like, I would just do a grudge match between those two. Either put them at the beginning of the show or close to the beginning of the show or put them on the pre-show and just have them kill each other for, like, ten minutes. Uh, like, I don't know. There's more of a meaning to that than bringing in Statlander, who's, like, six-foot fucking whatever, who's going to, like, really just towers over both of them. <laughs> and then just having her retain really does nothing for them. Like, Sky Blue's record, if you saw on Dynamite, I know we're getting a little off topic. We'll go into Chris's topic in a sec, but Chris was fixing his door. So, um... When you look at Sky Blue's record, it's like 27 and 23. And so, other than the win streak she's been on, she was a losing re- a losing wrestler in 2023 before this 6-7 fight win streak that she's on. So, since since the switchover, right? So, I don't know. I, I don't believe her beating Chris Satland, who hasn't lost since she's won the title. Like, she hasn't lost a, probably a single match since she's won the title. I mean, I don't know what her record is, and I'm not I'm too lazy to pull up the rankings at this point, because... I don't really care about the rankings. It's really not what it's about. But anyways, time will tell to see what happens with that. But I think that's, uh, I don't know, that's kind of like my, uh, what slices my salami right now. (laughs) Sorry for stealing some of that thunder, Josh. Yours is better than mine always. But now we're going to the final topic for the end of the night. We're coming into the meat and potatoes. We're circling back from the front of the show. So Chris, you picked MJF and Jay White, correct? I did, yeah. So, yeah, there's uh, and, uh, no shock there, but continue. So why'd you pick that match? 
Uh, I mean, I mean, we have to. We have to talk about it. It's it's the one I'm excited for the most because I think the devil is gonna come out and we're gonna see like that's 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 what I that's what I I want to see. So, um, and I, I I love the build to this. Like I, I like the way I like the way they did it. They kind of brought Jay White in, and he was kind of a, an outside surprise challenger, and then. Like when I first saw it, I was taken aback, and then they both did the promos that the first night, and I said, "Okay, yeah, this could this could totally work," and and it's it's perfect for Jay White to just come in, steals the belt. I've always been a big fan of belt stealing. I've loved loved the feuds that have the belt stealing, um, and proclaims himself champion. So, yeah, if MJF gets <clears throat> that back, or I I imagine he's gonna win. Um, I don't see them putting it on Jay White not right now. Not to say it can't happen, but um, I think they'll. I think MJF will retain, and then we'll see. We'll see who the devil is, and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes from there. We'll see how the finish goes because I think the finish of this match is going to tell us whether Jay White's out of the picture now or whether whether something's going to keep going. Um, so I'm just trying to think of things that MJF could be set up for. Like if if Cole wasn't that badly injured, we put Jay White in to kind of, you know, uh, kind of take take the time up uh, in a good storyline, a guy who can do it, and then we just have uh, Cole swerve, and then kind of he's out of the picture. I don't I don't know. Uh, I'm interested to see. I think the finish will tell us all about this one as to, to what their next direction is. Well, I think if you're looking at it, Chris, who are the five best rappers alive? Dylan. <laughs> Dylon, Dylon, <laughs> Dylon, and Dylon. Because if we're basing it on that, Jay White is spitting hot fire. Straight up. I think his promos have been electric. I think MJF's promos are always electric. But I've been really shocked at like how good Jay White's have been. Because they've been really the glue that's been holding this thing together for the last six, seven weeks. Right? So... They've been great. They've been like, I don't believe you. I, I, I don't think that, like, you are the devil. You keep saying you're the devil. Like, I don't believe anything that's coming out of your mouth. I'm holding your title. I'm holding it hostage. I stole it. I'm the world champion. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he's just making a run here that really is, could solidify him as, an, as a future AEW world champion. And I think it's going to be sad when we realize that he doesn't win on Saturday because I don't think he's going to. But if he does... I'll be happy for him if he does because he's earned it, and I think he's one of the most underrated like wrestlers for the t- for that like top position where you sit there as who are the top five people in the world. Jay Wright's starting to make my list in the top five, just because he's just been he's amazing as a leader. He knows how to play that leader role. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts on just Jay White as a solid performer? Like, has he been like like has he come leaps and bounds from when he started in AW, like when he first came over from New Japan to now? I, I know. I think he was always as good as he is. I just think that now that he's getting that prominence and he's being able to like you know run with it a little bit more, and he's got that he's got a, a good crew behind him that we're get, you know getting getting to see his chops. I, I agree that MJF's going to win this match, um, and I suspect that it's going to be because of the devil. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see the end of the story, not the end of the story, but kind of see where that's going, and then you know what's the next chapter. It kind of seems very clear that MJF's moving on to uh, face uh, Samoa Joe. So um, that's kind of why I think that, you know, there's no chance that Jay White wins. I actually agree, disagree with Chris. 
on the stealing of the belts. I'm not a fan. I don't, I'm not to say that I'm not a fan. I just find that it's like it happens so frequently that it's kind of like it's overdone sometimes. This one's good I though. I do like this one, um, but I I just find that it's like uh, just just overdone. It hasn't been done in I haven't seen it done like this in a in a long time. But uh, it's you know it's not like everybody doesn't know that uh, MJF's the champion. I just it's so crazy how much of a babyface MJF has become that I'm kind of like really hoping that it's just like he pulls the wool over the eyes of the fans and really fucking pisses everybody off like and becomes that like super heel again i just can't believe how over he is and like how well he's embraced the being the face because he's been a, i've never seen you never see him as a face mm, nope. and if he's if he's moving on i think that this is like been what tony's let him do is showcase the ability to go play both sides and do the, you know, more bubblegum kind of promos that WWE would need to see out of him for him to be, you know, able to do what he does properly. So I, I think, like, if he's if he hasn't already signed a long-term contract with AEW, that, like, it's crazy, like, how over he's gotten as a face. So. No, I yeah. totally agree. And the it's funny impressive. thing was, I read an article that came out today with him <coughs> in it where he was like, really didn't want to do it, and he was saying like, I, I don't know how people are going to take it. I'm really adamant, just kind of staying in the heel role, and it really kind of forced <laughs> force him out of his comfort zone. We got a dog that's running roughshod in one of the the things. <laughs> no, it's just my cat. I just don't want the door to fall on her. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's really interesting, kind of when you look at this whole thing where he didn't really want to do that, but he has the ability and. You know what? I, I, I can't see because of MJF's age that he's not going to be at WWE at some point. Personally, I hope he stays with AEW for at least another few years just to really kind of hammer down, you know, have your legacy. There's nothing wrong with going, but I'd love to see what MJF could do, like, for me as well, abroad. Like, what would he do overseas in Japan? What can he do in, in Mexico and these other places and really kind of have, you know, he, he's, he can potentially make more money doing what he's doing and just traveling the world and being what he's doing instead of actually going to WWE and wrestling 200 and some spots a, a year, right? So, you know, I don't know. Like, for the later, for the guys like Kenny Omega who've never been in WWE other than, you know, like, you know, having your dabbles and tryouts, Kenny Omega going to work 280 dates a year is probably going to end his career, right? Where this way, oh, yeah. he can kind of go in and out. And he doesn't have to worry about it, but... If MGF is going to make that move, it, it's probably he's it, like it makes more sense business wise to do it sooner than later. But I think where you're sitting in the company right now, he has so much leverage on his contract that he could just work with AEW, save his body for the next 15, 20 years, and he could do this for the next 25 years and just take the money that he's making with AEW and just run, run away with it. Like he could be a $5 million, $6 million a year wrestler. On top of getting cuts on merch with with Tony, and Tony would pay it because he's the biggest draw in professional wrestling. Period. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think he, I, I would almost even say at some point that, based on where he is in the company and what he sells and how he can kind of distribute his merch and the way that he can do it, he might be bigger than Roman Reigns, for for what he can do. It's arguable. I'm not saying 100 percent that that's the case, but it's it's arguable. <laughs> 
because uh, all that's really standing out for Roman right now is like because we know that WWE doesn't pay those guys like six million dollars, but they get t-shirt sales. But the thing that really stands out for me is like money talks. LA Knight is the biggest merchandise sales person in WWE. MJF is the number one, probably close to the number one in AEW, if not in the top three. And I don't know, is it is it really like the, the length of that conversation ends up being how long Roman's been the champion, not how much of a draw he is money-wise, right? So he's a main event draw, but is he that money draw that's going to bring in all of the money? I don't know. You guys can uh, you guys can fill in that. Am I right or am I wrong or am I kind of a little bit off? Chris, what are your thoughts? I I think I you know I think I think it's fair. I think yeah, like MGF. I mean, if you look at um, if you look at kind of the size, you know, if you look at the demographic, then MGF is doing just as well, if not better than than Reigns. Um, yeah, Reigns was I I I never found him to be quite the draw without the belt on him, but now because he's so like he's wrestled what eleven times this year. I mean, he's a draw because he's he's getting the kind of the block the block block Resner Brock Brock Lesnar draw where you don't Resner. he's not in the ring he's not in the in the ring as much but uh, but yeah so like you take once Reigns lose the belt we know that he's like it, it he's done he's not he's not going to keep wrestling yeah. so so yeah yeah I think I think it's a I think it's a fair assessment. So, but yeah, I think moving into this match, Josh, I mean, we, we've talked about it all the way through and you're, you're looking at kind of MJF as a draw and you're looking at this like this is the money match for me. I don't know if it's the match of the night. I think it'll damn near be close to the top two or three of the night. Um, um, is, is the match more important than the devil being coming out himself or is the devil more important than the match at, at this self at this point? Or is it kind of we're going to find out on Saturday? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think I feel like the way that they're setting it up, it's it's gonna give us the like who the devil is, and I kind of feel like the match doesn't happen without the devil, like that it it's it it goes together, and that if you just have the match without, you know, some reveal, then you know maybe it's not not as good as it could be, although you know there could be some type of interference where they prolong identifying who the devil is and then you know making the story go a little bit longer i would if if mjf wins i would like to see him get the belt back in his hand because like it just it doesn't make sense for jy to continue to steal it unless like the devil steals it i don't know i feel like we're going to find out who the devil is and i'm okay with that they don't have enough pay-per-views to not figure it out and if there's a chance that mjf leaves you know january or you know, whatever, three months later, if he has a non-complete compete clause, I don't know how it works. But uh, if he's leaving soon, then you're going to have to take the belt off of him before he leaves. But, you know, maybe there's, we just don't know what the real story is. So I think the final point of this is that really the only the only time that it's <coughs> ever been drawn off where we've seen somebody where the payoff never happened in this scenario with somebody that's masked. Chris, can you name it? High level. Was it? Was it the Rikishi thing? No. Um, give you one, I don't remember. Give you one more guess. Basically, they did kind of the same thing where they led and there was a faction that came out and it ended up being basically they didn't really reveal the leader for almost close to eight, like six to eight months. And it was uh, the aces and the eights. 
So everybody oh, thought like, everybody, everybody thought on one of the pay-per-views or on one of the pay-per-views that they were going to show up right away and we we're going to find out who it was and then they didn't reveal who it was until um, they got Bully Ray involved with like the Hulk Hogan angle and his daughter angle to to release that he was the that he was the leader, right? So that's my only fear coming out of this is that I don't want to be talking about the devil for the next six months. <laughs> right. <laughs> but Anyways, our Sinister Six is all done. Josh, you know, going to the deli. I want some mortadella. I want some mozzarella. Slice me up some salami. All right, let me get my list out here. Um, Chris, you just made the list. Where are we? Chris made the list. Slices my <laughs> salami. There we go. Um... Okay, uh, so uh, you know what really slices my salami? What? Is when uh, there's a three count with the shoulder up and the ref doesn't check. And uh, it, it happened recently on AEW, so it's uh, something that I wrote down on my list. There was I can't remember who was in the match, but you know, typically the referees, especially in WWE, they're really good. Like if someone has their shoulder up just because of the way that they fall into, fell into the pin, even if the pin is supposed to be the finish. They, like, rub their hand and be like, no, their shoulder's up, and the person repositions them. Uh, so when the referee doesn't do their job and does a three-count with a shoulder that's very clearly up, uh, that's what really slices my salami. Not quite a good one, but I wasn't ready for it today. That's okay. Chris, what, was it, what was the one that you did last week? Because I honestly thought it was the same one. <laughs> No DQ when weapons are finished. Is that the one from last week? All right, cool. I like how you have a list for it, so I'm just, uh, I don't know. I think we might have been talking about that on, a, on another thing, but yeah, I could. We did. We It was in a, it was one oh, of our chats yeah. that we talked about That's right. recently. That's right, you're right, you're right. So I'm like, I'm like, wait, did we talk about that? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but hey, I mean, you know what? That's a pretty good slice of my salami. You got to follow the rules. If you're not following the rules, it brings down wrestling as a whole. It makes it look stupid because everybody, a lot of people out there. Yeah, we know that it's fake, but follow the rules. Yeah, you got to follow the rules. It's got to be pristine. It's got to look like a sport. It's not a, not essentially a sport, but it's got to look like one. Chris, going into yeah, it's the... like the NBA. Sorry? It's like the NBA, fixed. <laughs> and the NFL scripted. It's all over here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Chris, I think you ever see those like guys who like talk about the bets and how they're like, "Oh, why did that guy stop on the you know, the two yard oh, line and not score the, uh, when the over under yeah. one?" Yeah. Stop betting over unders. That's the reality. But uh, Chris, other than that, anything else you want to add for tonight's show? Anything else? Any final comments? Uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to full gear. I haven't really watched a lot of wrestling. Been pretty busy, but I have nothing scheduled for. Saturday, I think I might go bowling tomorrow. So, you know, getting old, I'll be a little tired. So, I think a nice night on the couch watching some full gear will be pretty good for me. Yeah, everybody loves a good bowling. Uh, Josh, with that, any final comments? Anything that you'd like to add or say? With that, that being said, uh, no, I have nothing. Well, that's fucking dumb. Chris, can you look at Josh for a second? The video, even though the fans right now can't see the video. <laughs> Just watch Josh, okay? With that being said, I just want to let everybody know wherever you are in the world tonight, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. 
Everybody from the Rub Wrestling Podcast bids you adieu <coughs> and scissor fingers.